awkwardly talking about this. Awkwardly talking about things with Bedelia and Sock. Hello. Hi. Name is Sock. <laughs> Another name that I've been mistaken for in my life. A good name? A solid name? You've been mistaken for Bedelia. Mm, my mother's called me Bedelia. Does that count? On purpose? No, yeah, she knew what my name was in real life. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> yeah, no, can you imagine? Oh, wow. I wish I was called a noun, though. Uh, like what? Like sock. Oh, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool being called sock. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, plus I like socks. Yeah, I, I like them. Right. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good. So, we're talking about the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. I guess in order to discuss failure, we should maybe first discuss success. Which we assume is the other side of failure. You would assume that, wouldn't you? I am. I'm assuming it. Yeah. So We're all assuming that the opposite of failure is success. Yeah. Or that success is something that stems from... Wait, no, failure is something that stems from success. Right. Yeah. Okay, so let me just... Um, define success if I can. Mm -hmm. So success is the ratio between what we have and what we want. Mm. Hoppock, 1937. 1937. That's a long time ago. It is. And it was also for school children. Um, but it's kind of like a nice little succinct way of defining success, I suppose. I like that definition actually. The ratio. What we have and what we want. So we're always assuming that we want more than what we have. Which is quite often true. Oh, unless you're not, in which case you're already successful. A good point. Yeah. But will we, is there anyone that is, has more reached. More than what they want. Yeah. Have they reached the point of not wanting anything else? Well. I don't think I'll ever reach that. I personally don't think so. The only person I can think of is like Richie Rich. Oh. And I think that's because I prioritise money as success. But, like, wasn't Richie Rich upset because, like, sure, he had money, but, like, he didn't have, like, friends and Yeah, but stuff. then I feel like at the end of the story he did have friends, so then he had everything. You're right. He was successful. He yeah. was only a kid. Yeah. He's got his whole life ahead of him. <laughs> so he upped his ratio. Or he downed his ratio. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Okay, so in if that's what success is, then what is failure? Ah, uh, okay. Well... Taking that definition and turning it around, so failure is part of that ratio, but it's weighted more heavily towards the what we want, I suppose, and a little less on the what we have. Yeah, I think you're right. Is that failure? Or is that striving to even the ratio and then falling short? Yes, I think that's how I would like to describe it. Striving to even out the ratio between what we have and what we want, but falling short of it. Yeah? Yeah. So there's intention in there. There's definitely intention because can you really fail if you haven't even tried to succeed? Um, so I mean... There has to be some kind of intention. So I guess it depends on what you define as failure. Yes. So, okay, I was reading somebody yeah. who was talking about different types of failure. Ooh, let's talk about that. Yes. And I don't know... Okay, 
Um, so there were three different types of failure that were listed. Um, two of them were lapses and omissions. So both of those were kind of like people's. Hmm? Sorry, go on. Sorry to interrupt. Kind of like unintentional failure or Lapses like. Lapses or omissions. Okay, yep, I can think yep. of that as unintentional. Okay. And then the third one was resistances. Um, so, so that like was. So, like, purposeful. Yeah, like a deliberate abandonment of. Your intention. Your, yeah. Okay. Or, or of social norms, which I suppose we'll get into. Ooh, yeah, you're bringing in something new there, aren't oh, you? Oh, no. <laughs> Um, interesting. Okay. So tell me more about these, um, types of failures. Um, okay. Well, maybe I will just talk a little bit about where I found them. Okay. Okay. So I was reading this person called White. Yes. Um, and they were talking about, um, personal failure in relation to power and, um, how power can be seen as a, um, like a controlling social system, um, that kind of like is an overarching force within our society. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm following. All right. Keep going. All right. This is just from this one person who was quite interesting, but I feel like there's some other stuff on it that I haven't read yet. That's okay. You don't have to put a disclaimer. It's fine. I like to. Okay. Okay. Good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry. (laughs) So, um, the idea was basically that, um, it was like a modern, um, version of power. So there's a traditional and a modern version of power and the modern is kind of like a Foucauldian version. Um, but it's like people, um, are kind of judging each other, um, and like it's a normalizing judgment. And so we're looking to our peers and we're judging ourselves by our peers so you're judging your peers' success and then judging it against your own and being like, yeah. it's not good enough or I'm better than them. Exactly. Right. So this kind of brings me into something else, hmm. um, which is how do we develop our thoughts on success and like what we want? Because mm. if we think of success as basically what we want and if we've achieved that, that's success, how do we develop our thoughts on that? And I think you were beginning to touch on something there, which was probably your peers and like social pressure. Yeah. That's okay. one of the ways of developing it. How else? Um, so we're looking at whether or not mainstream society is the overarching influence on us or whether it's our own personal smaller circles. Yeah, okay, so mainstream society, like, would... Okay, let's think, let's do a quick experiment here. Mainstream society's definition of success. Oh. In um, relation to living your life, I guess, because there's... So know, there's, like, there's financial success, yeah. being, like, steady, income, like, quite large, and, like, assets. Yeah, assets um, are big. Yeah, and there's like family stable relationships. Success. Yeah, so, like... Oh, Being yes. with one person, procreation, procreation um, continuing the family line. Yeah. What yeah. else? There's um, career success. Yeah. That's tied to financial. Is that self satisfaction? Oh, maybe. So is there? Okay. There's. 
based on that, is there like kind of like an intrinsic self idea of success versus like a really tangible outward version of success? I guess so. We're thinking on, we're thinking right now of success as like big things because we can't forget that success can be broken into basically the most tiny possible box ever. Mm-hmm. Like for example, right now I could, um, you know, say I would like to do one push up and I could do one push up and that would be success. That's true. But that's not success in the terms of you know, what is a successful life? Mm. When we were talking about our ratio. That was developed for children for, like, establishing their life goals. Right, okay, so for a minute here we're talking about quite large-frame success. Mm. Yeah, but the stages in achieving that success would be very... Can I ask you a question? If I say, like, quite candidly, when you think of the word success, what do you think of? Um, people in suits. Wow, people in suits. So I guess that's almost a financial success for you. Yeah, like you like a, think of financial success, like a good career. That yes, a career, right? I suppose I'm assuming so I'm you, a white collar career person. <laughs> <laughs> How privileged of us! I know. What's yours? What do you think of? Um, I think of. I think of yeah. I think I also think of career success. I, I imagined me. I think I, I almost imagine me standing in front of that mirror in Harry Potter and like seeing your future, you know that the mirror of Arathor. Yeah, and I I thought, oh, like I've successfully published a couple of books and like <laughs> I have a really good lifestyle. Oh. And I have enough money to do whatever I want. Oh, you're really thinking in relation to yourself now. Yeah. See, I was just picturing the image of success in my mind. Oh, like, right. So that's like, just you're like thinking more like if I said people to you, just like scurrying about. So if I'd gone to like one of those stock photo websites and yeah. typed in success, yeah, that's that was what, what was in of. my mind. Oh, right. I thought of it. It was in like a little like myself. overly exposed, like in this really big glass building that's quite open. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of natural light. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So you're very personal in your I idea think of success. <laughs> very personal. <laughs> right. That That's okay. An awkward accident. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to our topic, um, which I think I've kind of lost what we're up to. Um. Yeah. Our trail of. Oh, how do we develop our thoughts on what we want? So mainstream. Um, right. There's a mainstream influence which I guess is all the things that we just spoke about. Yeah. But also there's our close circle influence, which is, you know, the people that we keep around us, our family and friends. Mm. Um, can you think of... Well, actually, I can give you an example. Um, I'll give you an example of um, close circle uh, pressure to be successful. Mm-hmm. And you try and think of one of the mainstream one, okay? Oh, mainstream one? Yep. I've got oh. a good one for you, actually. I might whisper it in your ear. Okay, all right. Um, but first I'll talk about the close circle one. Mm-hmm. So I can think of two examples mm. um, where I felt pressure to be successful based on judging those around me. Mm-hmm. And that was um, just actually this past weekend I went to Sydney and I visited my friends in Sydney and those friends of mine are, like, wildly successful and um, I'm not. Although this is what I think... I'm not successful because I judge myself against them. Mm. They're your so, normalizing. Yeah, they're my normalizing friends. Like I, every time I think of them and what they're all doing, and I hear about it, I'm like, oh, I need to like start my career and like I need to get you know more successful. Mm-hmm. Another example, I I um, 
was in a past relationship with a girl that was from a family of very successful people. Her father was like a successful like project manager in engineering and her brother was like a really successful musician and worked in the music industry. Mm. And her sister is a doctor and she was like heavily involved in mining, she's a consultant, everything. And I was just like, when I first met this girl, I worked at a backpackers hostel. And like, (laughs) I remember meeting her sister for the first time and I was like, she's like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I work in a backpackers hostel. And her like immediate response was, why? Oh. And I was like, well, (laughs) this is a very successful family and if I want to be in with them, I have to be more successful. Oh no. So that was another um, Did you ever reach that success? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's um, the example of, I think, close circle relationship, comparing myself to them and wanting or feeling not as successful as them and feeling... I like how within that you've only defined success as career. I guess so. Actually, that's a very good point. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you were a better person or, like, more fulfilled in your... (laughs) Maybe I was successful in other ways. Yeah. Actually, that's such a good point because we are heavily focusing on success as just being career success. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Probably because that's mostly our own definition of success. Yeah, you're right. We can't get out of it. We can't get it out of our head. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Because, like, if I laid down my life and wrote down every single thing that I've done and that I've, I guess, accomplished. That's a very successful word. Accomplished. accomplished. Forgetting that word for a second. If I just laid <laughs> down my life and I wrote down everything that I've done, one, a lot of people would call me successful, I think. Would they? Yes. Okay. And I think that I don't check my privilege enough and a lot of people that aren't as privileged as me would think I was very successful. Oh, like in terms of education and stuff? Education, international travel, everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. You know. um, so, yes, okay. I have to remember to check my privilege and remember that I have been very successful and I should be very thankful for that. Hmm. But I also still can't escape this feeling of wanting to judge myself against my peers that I, I guess, am jealous of in a way. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, breaking away from that, I, um, I asked you before to think of a like mainstream example of success. Yep. I didn't whisper in your ear, but what I was going to whisper in your ear is um, procreation, because I know you have like a very different idea of that. Yeah, okay. So, um, I think that... That's definitely one of the mainstream expectations is just this idea that at some stage within your life, Mm. you have children. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of an interesting thing to think about not doing um, and think about alternatives and if there's replacements and why there's things that you feel like you need to do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I guess the way that I think of it is kind of in terms of um, outputs and if there's alternative outputs that I can put into the world then maybe that's kind of a different way of having success well yeah I think it is definitely a different way yeah okay. I don't know whether 
they're equivalent. Like, um, if it's like you searching mean like to replace one thing is like the mainstream thing is like literally putting life into the world. Yeah, right. That's a, that's a version of success. Raising a family. Mm. It's a very big version of success in mainstream culture. Right. Um, but, but then, if you're doing some kind of different putting life into the world, which is actually just kind of like like maybe culture, or, yeah, like um, a writing or something. Yep. Whether that's producing something kind of... that brings people joy, mm. but it's not a life. Yeah. Well, I guess they're both kind of like a drive to contribute to society, which is maybe the underlying driver. Oh, contributing to society. Maybe that's the for. Maybe that's. Like, is that what we're ultimately striving towards in our... Collective... Successes? Um, successes. <laughs> Positively contributing to society. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so disgusting. It really does. It's quite insipid. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like the way it feels. Also, it's probably not always true because I'm sure some people are just inherently selfish. Oh, all of us are. Yeah. Every single person. Although I guess if it's they're, like, nature. doing work, they're probably doing stuff to contribute. Even if they, well... Even if they're doing it for themselves. The I was about to say, them. like, you know, what about organised crime? But then oh. they're still pumping money into the economy. That's true. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, okay, let's just move on. Okay. Moving right. on to this other part that's um, tying back to our main thing that we haven't really been talking about much because um, we've just been defining success. But <laughs> the fear of failure... Mm. Um, can I just give an example of a time where I think the fear of failure has actually affected me and, and then maybe you can think of an example where it may have affected you? Yeah. So I think, well, okay, I'll say it. I think that the fear of failure is, like, very linked to our generation, which I think you could call Generation Y. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely can. I think it's it's a, it's linked because it's something that a lot of people in our generation feel, and I'm not sure why. Mm. Maybe it's the pressures of mainstream society. Maybe it's because we have a lot of expectations on ourselves. But anyway, it's very linked to us. And I can think of an exact example where the fear of failure stopped me from doing something. Okay. And it was a job interview. Right. And it was a job interview, so my background is linguistics, and it was a job interview for being um, an English language teacher at, like, a TAFE level in in Australia. And previous to this time, I'd only ever taught English in China after I graduated from my degree, mm. which is, like, the easiest job in the world because you don't need to be qualified to do it in China because they desperately need English teachers. So they'll take anyone that just is a native speaker. Mm-hmm. And quite often you don't have to do any formal classes. It's just very easy work. So... That's fine. But this was going to be teaching people at a TAFE level with, like, responsibility. Like, they're paying high tuition fees to come to you and they expect you to be able to teach them English. And so, you know, I'm qualified. I have a degree in linguistics and, like, I've taught English before. So I get an interview and I, I go, suck myself up. And, like, I went to the TAFE and, like, everything. But then I thought, I started thinking, like, oh, I can't. I'm not qualified enough to teach these people English I can't like take on that responsibility that's massive like I, I can't do that I'll let them down I won't be good enough like I'll it'll be terribly embarrassing and I'm gonna do it I didn't even go to the interview I sat in the car park and then talked myself out of it and drove away I didn't even go inside oh no 
Because it was a fear of failure. Ah. Uh, it sucked me. That sucks. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Is that... That's like an intrinsic self-doubt, right? Yes. <laughs> like, that is, like, the ultimate form of self-doubt. Oh. Like, I talked myself out of it. That's horrible. And there's been heaps of jobs that I haven't even applied for at all because I've thought, no chance. Mm. I think that's a big thing, isn't it? Um, especially, that's kind of a gendered thing in terms of not believing that you'll be able... that you're qualified enough for a position. Um, Possibly. And, like, a self-confidence thing. Because I think, it's, I, I think that that's the thing with women is they're less likely to apply for a job um, if they're not entirely meeting all of the requirements for it, whereas a man is more likely to just put their name forward. Really? Anyway, yeah. Right. I think that's, I think that's common knowledge now. Well. Possibly. Yeah, yeah um, I think it is. I think it is. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's kind of like that self-doubt. That's kind of, I suppose that one's socialised. Um, what about you? Can you think of any examples? Yeah. I mean, I psyched myself out of, uh, um. Like how you were so instant. I was like, can you think, and you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, I had one in Instantly. my mind. <laughs> I had one in my mind. And then I forgot how to vocalize it. Um, I psyched myself out of an audition at the con. Because right. I was going to audition. Con, as in that, Oh, the um, Conservatorium of Music. Right. Which is like the, one of the better music schools here yeah um and I was applying and I got the audition and then I just didn't do it didn't go like, so I went to attend. a weekend away instead with my friends <laughs> because I was like there's no way that I will possibly get so it. like you just written yourself off even, yeah even though you got the, the audition yeah yeah I Basically. think that's definitely if you're fairly shining through there yeah moving along okay I just wanted to bring those points in because I realised we hadn't really spoken much about failure. We were just getting sorry, failure. We were just getting caught up in success. Mm. But um, yeah, failure. Those are two classic examples of personal yes. reflections on the fear of failure and like it actually stopping us from even just trying. Yeah. And I suppose that links in with um, one of the things that we've been talking about. Yeah, I guess even on the flip side, if you want to think of it as a flip side, is the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Is when when you are successful, so like you, you have been successful, but you just, you're unable to take credit for it mm. because you can't believe yourself that you've been successful. You just kind of believe it's a fluke and you have this kind of chronic self-doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely one of the things that comes up a lot in um postgraduate research and not exclusively that but it's one of those things that whenever you have like an intro session they'll talk about imposter syndrome oh right really yeah right I didn't um, know about it. so it's kind of interesting but it seems to be highly prevalent in that industry yeah but i think it can extend to literally almost everything yeah imposter syndrome so what is it exactly let's define it Okay, so we have a definition, yeah. which is imposter syndrome um, is a collection of feelings of inadequacy that persist even in the face of information that indicates that the opposite is true. So it's experienced internally as chronic self-doubt and feelings of intellectual fraudulence. Um, there was something you were saying before when we were talking about... Um, oh, you were thinking that creative people potentially um, more affected by imposter syndrome. So I guess that... 
I don't know if it's just, um, well, okay, so I did say creative people, but, like, <laughs> I think people who produce things mm. that other people will subjectively view. So, like, that's not just, like, I guess it is, um, there are a lot of creative industries that do that. But, like, if I can think of a non-creative industry, like, I don't know, corporate land, right? Corporate land. Think of corporate land. Yeah. Even, like, producing something such as a really important report or, like, maybe you've created an amazing spreadsheet with this really cool formula. I'm trying to, like, scratch my brain for what Okay, so it's like, um, it's like your individual outputs. Yeah, your individual outputs. You're doing yourself. That you've done. Um, and you have doubt in whether they have merit because you haven't compared them to things outside of that. Yeah. Or like you have to now give it to the world. Like, for example, you've done good work. Let's just say that. Yeah. But you're unable to see, or you're unable to recognize that, yes, you have done good work. Maybe there was some other thing like, you know, oh, this person helped me or like there was another, like, I think. It was luck. It was luck. There was something that you were telling me about um, the idea of Muse. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, okay. So it was just a thing um, that I kept coming across. So I've never actually read any of Elizabeth Gilbert's books. Right, um, but it's Elizabeth Gilbert. Yeah, okay. but she's the one who keeps coming up in talks and things accidentally because I listen to a lot of podcasts. <sighs> anyway, um, I, I thought it was interesting when she was talking about um, her idea of creativity and it being like a muse um, and that comes to her. A muse comes to her. Yeah, and like acts through her and so, so she like, kind of she like doesn't facilitates take... that. Well, think about like, because muse has been around for ages, right? Yeah. Think about, and it comes out in a lot of people that are creative, they'll be like, Oh, I feel really creative because, like, something here is my muse or something mm. like that. Like That's, an like, inability such to imposter take... syndrome yeah. right then and there. Can't take credit for you it. You can't take credit for your good work. You blame it on this non-existent spiritual energy <laughs> that's in a room that yeah. is making you feel good. Or, like, some people call other people their muse. Mm. You know, like, it's... Yeah. That is such like an imposter syndrome. Disassociation with success. Yeah. That's true. I think, like, honestly, lately, like, there's this movement, especially on Twitter, mm. for people to be very self-loving and, like, proud of things that they do. And I think it's almost a way that people are overcoming imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. I've, like, body I positivity it, kind of stuff. I see it a lot on Twitter. Body positivity is one thing. But also in but terms also, of intellectual achievements. Yeah. So, like, and, like, artistic achievements. Oh, yeah. So, like, the circles that I kind of follow on Twitter are more inclined to... Maybe um, people that produce artistic work, people that produce, like, for example, um, drawings or pictures or, like, music or videos or, like, um, uh, writing, just things like that. Mm. And I've noticed just a huge trend in people being, like, attempting to be, to show pride in their work through their tweets, which is, like, super cool. That's interesting. And, like, I think there could have been a time when people would have taken it as absolute arrogance. Yeah. But it's not taken like that anymore because... Is that a generational thing? I think it is because we're all so used to this imposter syndrome that maybe it's just refreshing to see people being proud of their work. And, like, maybe because we know what imposter syndrome is and it affects us, we're like, yeah, you be proud of your work because you achieved it. (laughs) 
and you did it and no one else did. It was all you. Stop doubting yourself. Okay. Maybe that's, um... That's interesting. Yeah. As a response to it. <laughs> I want to break free. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we like... I want like, to break free. <laughs> free from your life. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an outtake? <laughs> That's a pretty good way to end this. <laughs> that was an attempt to uh, discuss the fear of failure with a couple of real life experiences. Mm. Uh, we accidentally probably got stuck on defining success a lot. Oh, yeah. Rather than talking about failure. But, but, you know. You know, they're kind of hand in hand, so I think it's all right. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um and yes, the imposter syndrome, and uh, quite possibly the answer is just to be really arrogant. Yeah. Embrace arrogance. That's what we're going to tell everyone. Back yourself. Back yourself. Be arrogant. Yeah. Be arrogant. Be e. It doesn't really work. No, like mine was better. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I have been sock, and you have been Bedelia. I have. Was it good being Bedelia? I enjoyed it. Um, I think I did better than Amelia Bedelia from the books. <laughs> Who's that? It's a book. Oh my god, Amelia Bedelia. Yeah. Right. I think she might be a doll. I have been sock from your regular socks that you put on your feet. Yep. And we have awkwardly talked about the fear of failure. And if you want to read anything, we're going to include a couple of links because we found a couple of academic texts. Yeah, not that many though because there's really doesn't seem to be that much out there. No. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.